Hello, this is Sean. Um, this is not my first post, but it's my first attempt at an episode. Um, I'm going to be your host uh, of, uh, of this podcast. I'm going to be calling Politics in the Middle. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you like it, and please enjoy. So I'm going to spend this first episode talking about uh, tax policy. As everyone probably knows, um, there's a lot of uh, dis- well, there's a lot happening in the tax sphere at the moment. Um, in particular, the House just passed their uh, their version of a tax plan. Uh, the Senate's working on theirs, and uh, eventually they're going to be coming up with something. So, just firstly, just to comment on the current situation before I dive into. Uh, at least what's going to be the main topic of discussion here. Um, a lot of this is being branded as a tax overhaul. And I'm a little bit frustrated, mainly because I don't view any of the proposals as they stand now as an overhaul of the tax system. Um, you may be able to make the argument on the business tax side with them kind of getting rid of some loopholes and standardizing the rates. Um, but definitely on the personal income tax side, there's really... It's really not an overhaul. It's kind of a, a finagling of some of the current tax policies, um, you know, to kind of change who some of the winners and losers may be. Maybe you simplify some things, but definitely wouldn't define this as an overhaul. So what I'm what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to rehash a lot of the stories that we've already heard around what's in the plan, what's not in the plan. What I want to talk about is a different tax proposal and really want to get a sense of how do people feel about this, mainly Mainly, uh, before I talk about what it is, just want to say that I really haven't heard people talking about, um, I guess, different type of uh, different types of tax plans. So, um, so I'm going to dive a little bit into that now. The proposal that we're going to talk about today is a proposal that eliminates the income tax completely. Under this proposal, you would fund the government completely via a sales tax. So what this means is instead of the government taking um, taking taxes out of your paycheck every month, you would have the opportunity to pay your taxes when you purchase your sneakers, your shoes, and your food. Now, this isn't a new type of proposal. Um, This has been something that um, has been proposed by some libertarian groups um, and to be honest, some um, some some very small factions. But I do think there is an appeal to eliminating the income tax. Um, And in particular, uh, having folks pay taxes through what they buy. The first uh, positive thing, at least from my perspective, is that folks have very little control over income. So we've seen in this country that wages generally have stagnated. Um, the, uh, the working class, when it comes to negotiating wages, does not have a lot of control or power. Um, so when it comes to the income tax impact to wages, it has a much larger impact than it would when you think about the impact to sales. And what I mean is, is that consumers choose what they buy. Um, They drive the price of consumed goods. 
So when you think about how um, how users can adjust their spending as taxes are applied to products, consumers have more flexibility versus their ability to manage taxes through their income. Um, secondly, I think one of the biggest benefits here is when it comes to tax avoidance um, or, or, just, or, uh, or just not paying taxes at all, it's much more difficult to avoid paying taxes when taxes are collected at point of sale. So right now, the majority of states already have a state sales tax. Um, and when you purchase a good, it's automatically registered and that business sends the funds to the government. Versus right now, when it comes to income tax, uh, you do a separate filing. You may or may not file. Uh, what you have in your filings may or may not be accurate, right? You may be making money uh, under the table. There may be W-2s that you missed, which may, um, you know, even when you don't try to misfile, you may misfile, etc. Right. So when you when you collect tax at the point of sale, um, you uh, you you really avoid a lot of that rigmarole. So from a simplification standpoint, um, you really don't need to file per se. So I think those are those are some of the stronger points for the why. Um, and I guess kind of elaborating a little bit more on the point of sale, um, one of the key arguments for or one of the key issues that we have with tax policy now, um, a lot of people, we we differ, we have different tax rates depending on how you made your money. So if you are a worker and you work and you make money, you have one rate. If you are a investor and you receive capital gains, you pay another rate. If you're an investor and you receive dividends, you receive a different rate. Um, also, there are tons of exceptions, loopholes, um, ways to uh, shelter shelter your uh, money, etc. Well, one thing that both rich and poor people have in common is that after they make their money, however they make their money, they spend it. Same thing with illegal activities that are off the books. Um, if you're doing something illegal and you're paid under the counter, eventually you will spend that money um, and be pulled into the tax system. So for these reasons, um, I think that generally this plan is a good starting point for tax policy. But um, as you'll probably realize, and as you're probably thinking now, there are some downsides, um, which which then require at least some modifications to the general proposal of just replacing a sales tax, or sorry, just replacing an income tax with a sales tax. Sorry, before we um, actually talk about some of the counterpoints to this uh, this type of proposal, I did want to note one more positive thing. So um, I think it also is a better tool for managing the economy. So right now, if you think about um, how, how we try to impact the macro environment in the U.S., we generally have two forces. We have the Federal Reserve who sets interest rates to help slow down or speed up the economy. The idea being um, when, uh, when we have very high inflation, um, i.e. we have too much spending, we then increase interest rates to uh, increase the cost of borrowing, which should decrease borrowing and decrease spending. Um, and then the other force we have is the federal government, 
Um, the federal government being, you know, one of the largest consumers in the U.S., at least as an individual, um, they can also um, increase their spending, which should drive up inflation or decrease their spending to uh, dampen inflation. Um, same thing when it comes to, um, I guess, how they collect taxes. So the kind of their relative increase or decrease in spending is most important in relation to how much they're collecting in taxes, um, meaning if they collect the same amount in taxes as they spend, uh, that shouldn't have a, um, a really an, an inflation impact. Um, although because the government tends to concentrate its money within the healthcare uh, industry and defense money, et cetera, um, you may have inflation in certain areas compared to others, but overall, right, it should be net flat. Uh, but when they run a deficit, i.e. they spend more than they collect, they are um, uh, kind of uh, putting pressure to increase inflation and vice versa when they collect more than what they spend, they're um, uh, dampening inflation, uh, in, in inflationary forces. So the reason why I say that the sales tax is a better method to do that is that naturally um, when there's a when there's increase in spending um, you would have a increase in collections um, from uh, uh, from the government right um, so as you spend more as you consume more uh, items the government would automatically collect more taxes uh, through through the point of sale tax and the same thing when there's a downturn and then consumer spending goes down the government will automatically collect less, less taxes without actually changing any rates, right? Um, and I guess the way that this is uh, significant and it's not kind of net flat um, in line with incomes is because people do also spend through borrowing, right? So in, in inherently, when there's um, uh, when there's ex excess spending, there's also um, an excess collection of taxes, right? which um, would help dampen some of the inflationary forces. So, so yet another point uh, for um, why changing to a, a sales tax-based system um, may, provide, may, may provide another benefit to, to the economy. So back to what you all have been waiting for, um, the reasons why this is a terrible uh, a proposal. So, to be honest, I'm uh, as I kind of noted at the at, at the top of the episode, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of of the sales tax, and I do want to hear your opinions around um, where you think this may cause some problems. But I think one of the first criticisms of this type of tax is that it is a regressive tax uh, in its nature, right? So, in the U.S., we decided. Uh, well, there's been many arguments uh, within the parties around the idea of a flat tax versus a tax um, that increases as income increases, uh, which makes it a progressive tax, right? Um, so there's many arguments that when you have a flat tax, it is regressive, i.e. it hurts um, families with lower incomes uh, more than it hurts uh, families with higher incomes. So we think about our current tax policy, we do have uh, a, a progressive system with graduated rates as you make more money. Um, I happen to agree, uh, well, I, th I think generally economists agree that um, that flat tax uh, does hurt lower income families more than it does upper income families. 
So let's just first talk about why um, and then talk about some modifications to the proposal to really get around this issue. So if you think about um, a, a family who's living at the poverty line, um, all of their income generally is going to essential goods, right? So they're, uh, they're, they're paying for, you know, uh, food to survive off of, right? If you're making $15,000 a year, um, really, you know, any, any tax that you're paying is, is not just, let's say, the government taking in some funds to help uh, support the system. You're also taking funds away from a family or from an individual who really is just trying to make it by, right? So they're trying to buy uh, food to feed themselves, um, semblance of shelter, etc. Um, so there's a fairness question, um, i.e. do we want to live in a society where, where, uh, where, the, where the tax burden is stopping folks from really living, living a basic minimum life? I think it's been agreed in this country that we're not comfortable with that, i.e. we currently have a graduated uh, tax system. So I think one of the one of the kind of chief modifications to um, replacing the current graduated income tax system with a sales tax would be a method of providing a refund up to a certain income level, right? Um, and at least my favorite of these proposals is the idea of a prefund. So if you think about the process now um, with income taxes, we work all year. Uh, the government takes uh, takes out well, let's say takes their money out of your uh, paycheck. You then do some paperwork. You send it into the government, and then they say, "Well, actually, we took too much. Here's a refund." Right. So you so you then get that in the next year. Well, with a sales tax, since you're paying it um, um, uh, up front, I guess similar to the uh, income tax. Um, getting a refund the next year uh, really doesn't help you for um, for the food you were trying to buy in the current year. Um, so comes in the idea of a prefund. A prefund is um, is the idea that at the beginning of the year, so before you've done any filing, etc., or sorry, before you've earned any income, etc. The government will give you a refund of any taxes that you would have paid on um, on the on the first part of your salary, right? So, for example, let's say the poverty line is at uh, fifteen thousand dollars a year, um, and or actually ten thousand dollars a year is probably an easier thing to do, um, and the sales tax rate is twenty percent. That would mean that of your ten thousand dollars, you would have been taxed two thousand dollars over the course of that year. Um, uh, that you then would get refunded back in the next year. So a prefund would give you your $2,000 check at the beginning of the year, which would um, allow you to better plan and, 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 uh, and support your life throughout the year. So I think the prefund feature for me is a very strong requirement in any proposal uh, that happens in the U.S. Um, and, uh, and there we have it. I think it's important to note that within the prefund discussion, um, you can agree to what that um, income um, level should be, right? So maybe it's ten thousand, maybe it's fifteen, maybe it's twenty thousand, um, and, and you can also agree if this prefund applies to everyone, 
or if it only applies to those who um, uh, make those level of income, right? So for example, um, you let's say that it is a $10,000 rate and is kind of the $2,000 refund. Um, well, anyone who makes $10,000 or more than $10,000, you could argue that the first $10,000 you make should be tax-free and everyone in the country who has an income of $10,000 or more would all get a check for $2,000. Or you can make the argument that, you know, only folks who make a uh, maximum of $10,000 should get uh, a refund. And then if you make $10,000, you get a $2,000 check. But if you make $15,000, you get no check at all. All right. So um, or you could have some graduated way where, you know, if you make 15, you would get, you know, uh, you know, a $1,500, you know, you get less than $2,000 in your check, et cetera. Right. So there's a lot of options on how to implement that. I'm a little bit less um, pressed around what those details would or wouldn't be. But the idea of being able to provide relief um, um, to families who would need it. Um, in particular, uh, being able to make sure people aren't paying taxes um, when they're um, when they can barely um, uh, kind of live a, a, a reasonable life, I think is something that uh, that needs to be addressed and handled. So now to a second criticism, um, or at least something that we definitely haven't discussed yet, is around how does this impact business taxes? And in particular, if you have a sales tax, it means that any business that needs to purchase items to create something and then sell that item would effectively be um, taxing that item twice and thus um, significantly inflating that price to a consumer. So to give you an example, if you make uh, tables, you then need to, you first need to purchase the wood to make that table. You need to purchase the glue, the nails, etc. And then you, and all that would be taxed. And we've been talking about, I guess, 20%. So that's assume it's 20%. Then when you go to sell this to the consumer, obviously that, that tax that you've been charged, you would want to pass on. So the, the cost of a table would be 20% more. And then when the consumer goes to purchase that table, they then would have to pay a 20% tax on the on the table as a whole. So the government would essentially be double dipping, um, and then on the on the consumer side, uh, we'd be having significant inflation um, in this system compared to the system as it exists now. Now it's probably fair to say that um, right now in kind of the corporate tax system, your expenses. Um, uh, go against your income and then your your net profits are taxed, right? So this would be a new tax. Um, so another modification to the sales tax is uh, what I would call the work in progress exemption. So you only tax the consumed goods. So any any item that is not sold to the final consumer would not be subject to the sales tax. So this would need to be done on an exemption basis, right? So there wouldn't be any items that the government prescribes as work in progress items, right? Because in the table example, nails in some cases are sold to end consumers. And in other cases, nails are an input to a product that is sold to an end consumer. But the idea is if a business um, is uh, sells tables, then any items used to make those tables are exempt 
and the tax will be paid by the end consumer who purchases the table. So it's taxed once. But if that same business buys lounge chairs for its employees to um, to rest in between making tables, uh, that business is an end consumer of those lounge chairs and would pay the 20% tax, right? So, so that's the idea: is that the you only pay tax on items once, um, and uh, which uh, which means the bird would be on the business to prove that these items are part of creating a consumer item. Uh, versus it being consumed by that business. There you have it. And I think uh, one of the final um, arguments around dealing with the sales tax is uh, also relates to taxing things multiple times. Um, and this is mostly an issue when you think around uh, appreciating fixed assets or depreciating fixed assets. So if you think about a house, um, when you move into your house, uh, let's say this house is $100,000. Um, I guess I know for some people in some parts of the country, that's a ridiculous price for a house. Um, uh, but, you know, to make the math easy, um, if you purchase your $100,000 home uh, and we have a sales tax of 20%, you would end up paying hundred, uh, you know, $120,000 for that house, right, with 20% going in taxes to, to, to the government. Then if the home appreciates, where it's now worth $150,000, right, um, and you go to sell that home, um, the next person to purchase that house would then be paying 20% on $150,000, right? So then again, uh, once again, you have this double dipping where the federal government has already received taxes for a home worth $100,000. So the question is, should, should they receive a another influx of tax um, uh, as that property changes hands as it's appreciated over time. Um, I don't have strong opinions here, but I have a general view that I think it does make sense that the only taxable portion of that exchange should be the appreciation on the property. Right. So if it uh, if it was worth a hundred thousand, now it's worth one hundred fifty thousand. That twenty percent tax should really only apply to the fifty thousand. Right, so that consumer would pay an additional $10,000 for the home, i.e. they would spend a total of $160,000 for that $150,000 home. Uh, because the, 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 uh, the homeowner before them has actually paid the tax related to the original value of the home. Um, not a lot of taxes work this way, but I do think that this change really gets around um, kind of another fairness argument around really the government um, trying to, uh, let's say, take in more than, than they're supposed to, which I think, at least if you speak to libertarians, right, I, I think they would very much appreciate this type of proposal, um, although I think they would appreciate more a proposal that uh, doesn't have any taxes at all. Um, now, with that being said, um, the question is, for depreciating assets or for an asset that does depreciate over that time, um, how do we treat the tax there? So I guess the most fair way would be to give a refund, right? So if, if you pay taxes on a house that's worth $100,000, then um, when you go to sell it, it's worth $90,000, you should get a refund of the taxes paid, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, um, mainly because um, I think it's more difficult to manage um, confirming why a property depreciated, right? 
So if a property depreciates because of lack, lack of maintenance, because it was uh, ill-maintained, et cetera, um, and this is you know a property, an asset, et cetera, right? But obviously we're using the housing example. Um, uh, it's hard to argue that um, you should get a refund in taxes for a product that is actually no longer the same product. Um, but I th think it may be worth um, um, uh, assuming that it may be worth um, essentially paying no taxes on a depreciated asset. Um, once again, assuming that someone already paid taxes on the asset uh, at its prior value. So this would likely have a larger impact to things like car sales and car resales, etc. So when you purchase a new car, right, you would pay the 20% tax related to that car. Um, and then when you sell your used car, um, the consumer would not pay a tax on that car. Um, I do want to hear your opinion around what you think about that. Um, I haven't really seen a lot around this concept um, in my readings or online. So I do want to see if there's uh, any opinions out there, if they think this is good or bad, uh, how it impacts consumers, etc. Um, yeah, thanks. So now I'm going to end the podcast with, uh, I guess, with a smattering of other general complaints um, that are a little bit smaller in nature, uh, as well as just a summary of, um, I guess, of what the proposal is and and uh, why I have an opinion that this is something that we should definitely be looking at uh, as an option for a true rehaul of, of the tax system. So some other types of complaints um, kind of vary in nature, but I, th I think around, um, you know, us moving to a sales tax at the federal level doesn't really impact states, right? So a lot of states would still have an income tax. So some of the benefits you get with um, on the filing side, for example, really wouldn't be realized as consumers would still need to file for state tax, etc. Um, I think is a pretty big argument. Um, also, one of the positive points around it's more difficult to avoid. That is true. But um, just as individuals avoid paying taxes, uh, you could have businesses that, um, that that also don't properly record their sales tax, etc. Um, I think there's been studies done around the sales tax, and generally speaking, people um, it has higher rates of, um, or it has lower rates of fraud than you do the income tax. But once you roll this out across the board, um, not only are you um, uh, you know kind of forcing businesses, um, well forcing businesses within states that don't have a sales tax to um, get the infrastructure to support it, uh, you're also likely to have higher instances of fraud um, once you once you increase this uh, across the board. You're also putting this now on businesses more than you would have otherwise. Although, once again, businesses already do file for federal taxes, so kind of shifting the way that they file may, may not be that huge of a burden. Um, and then also there's the... Um, you know, this, uh, the, uh, the tax as it's proposed now would be the same tax rate for all items, right? So there's no special tax rate for yachts versus tax rates for bread. Um, once again, we deal with kind of uh, whether or not we're taxing essentials uh, unfairly through the prefund, but, um, but, but there are some arguments that uh, folks make around maybe we should have penalty tax, et cetera. To be honest, I think that's, um, you know, uh, I think when possible, the government should try to stay out of um, trying to dictate market forces, right? Um, you, you know, I think, generally speaking, that, um, you know, one tax rate makes sense. Then um, also some complaints uh, around, you know, trying to avoid this tax by 
purchasing foreign products, right? So if you go on, go online and purchase a uh, chair from China, right, can you avoid that 20% tax? Um, uh, now, uh, the UK has a VAT, which is similar to um, kind of a, a sales tax, what they call a value-added tax. Um, and, and the requirement is that anywhere a, a, uh, a citizen is purchasing a product is subject to that VAT, right? That, that type of rule um, we would also want for this tax as well, where um, foreign companies, or well, well, actually it's probably, um, this is the way it's done for sales tax, right? When you uh, have your location where you're going to have those goods, um, if you are from New York, you still pay New York sales tax even when you're purchasing something online. I mean, this is fairly new. I think um, there are a lot of arguments with Amazon a few years back to make sure that folks weren't uh, skipping over sales tax by, um, uh, by purchasing online. Uh, really that same concept for this as well, um, that, um, that, that uh, your origin is the uh, basis of those tax. Um, also, I guess, uh, similar to, to the VAT, um, anyone who's visiting the country would also be paying in to the system, which may not be fair. So obviously we would offer uh, refunds to, um, uh, you know, folks who are here for holiday, vacation, etc. Um, similar to what happens with the VAT. So I guess um, in summary, I think the, the key points here is that by um, removing the income tax and replacing it with the sales tax, you really give consumers more control over, um, over I guess, when they pay taxes and how they pay taxes. Um, also, um, assuming that the tax rate that's applied is um, used to raise the same amount of funds as the income tax, uh, it really should have no impact on inflation. Um, although, once again, depending on consumer preferences, uh, it will shift between um, what types of items, right, would uh, may go up in price and what and which ones go lower in price. Also, the the system of filing should be easier. I.e., um, if you do nothing, you've already paid your taxes, right? And you only need to file on an exemption basis. You get rid of a lot of the current corporate taxes, corporate loopholes, etc. And once again, they need to file on an exemption basis in order for them to get the work in progress benefit there. Um, so I think it really does simplify our system. I think it is a true overhaul. Um, I think it's something that, um, oh, then, sorry, then uh, also on the monetary policies uh, standpoint, um, when Congress does not, nothing at all, which they're generally good at doing, um, uh, it, the, uh, the sales tax tends to, um, to enact fiscal policy that's, um, that's correct in direction, right? So without any separate intervention, uh, you have a better management of the economy. So that's pretty much it. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, I know this was fairly long, uh, especially for the anchor crowd, right? Um, first attempt at a podcast episode. Hopefully you enjoyed. Definitely want to hear your feedback. Um, in particular, if there's any negative points that I may have missed or anything that you think uh, may also be a problem with this type of system, feel free to let me know. Um, once again, the key idea is that uh, it's difficult to really avoid paying this tax and everyone pays into it, whether they like to or not. Thanks a lot. I appreciate your time and I appreciate you listening to Politics in the Middle. Thanks. Bye.